the boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And I'm your man, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Damn right. All right. It's a sad day in wrestling news. Um, Man, we lost a lot of people this year. Most recently, this week, John Huber has passed. Um, formerly known as Brody Lee, also known as Luke Harper from WWE. Um, great wrestler, great talent, former NXT Tag Champion, Intercontinental Champion, um, two-time Tag Team Champion in mm-hmm. WWE, TNT Champion in uh, AEW, even won a Match of the Year um, for the Slammy Awards, which we don't hold in high regard, but... Yes, yeah, an accolade nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's sad. Anybody on Twitter, um, that's tweeted about him has talked about how much he's loved his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how good of a genuine person he is. Yeah, he, de- he was definitely held in the highest regard by a uh, a lot of his peers, and not just WWE but AEW as well. Yeah, they both released statements. You know, um, prayers out to his family. I thought it was pretty cool that um when Stephanie McMahon did her did her tweet acknowledging mm-hmm. it, she acknowledged him as Brody Lee. She mm-hmm. she didn't say Luke Harper. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff about um Steph bonding with him over his kids. Mm-hmm. Um I saw something about um uh from Alexander, I believe. Um and Alistair Black about them on the road giving him advice yeah a lot of people i seen yeah. uh enzo said something um braun Strowman said something uh heath slater there's a lot of people man yeah biggie went on a tear too just releasing pictures and mm-hmm. different statements about times they watched uh ufc together yeah and just a bunch of different stuff man he was loved by a whole lot of people um, really good talent. One of the best clotheslines I've ever seen. Up there, mm-hmm. top three for me. Definitely a great big man in this business. You don't really see a lot of big men who were able to move the way he was able to move. Mm-hmm. He was very good at what he did, man. Um, and it was good to see him go out on a on a high note with uh, you know a whole faction behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was a force when he finally got the spotlight. Whenever he got the spotlight, no matter where it was, so. Yeah, definitely a definitely a great talent, and surely gonna be missed by a lot of people. Um, what was one of your favorite moments from uh, John? Um, a favorite moment that'll stick out for me. I mean, it's not really a big moment for a lot of people, but there was a time when he was feuding, or not feuding, but he was like with the Authority mm-hmm. during that uh, when Sting came back and stuff. And yeah, yeah. John yeah. was announcing his Survivor Series team. Yeah. And Rowan came out, and when Rowan came out. Harper just had that like death stare and like that <laughs> yeah, stare. Yeah, I don't know what it is with that stare that he had, but he had one of the best like stare downs in the business to me. Yeah, he did have one of the best faces, mm-hmm. um, which is not a not a big thing for a lot of people, but like for like real wrestling fans or people that love reactions, there's certain guys out there that whose facial expressions are really help tell the story of yeah, the like a fish sometimes just a reaction or a facial expression can speak more than words and in that moment it definitely spoke more than any words could absolutely about um, you for me uh i keep remembering 
the Wyatt family, which I guess I guess you you initially always go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, always thinking, you know, being a big fan of Luke Harper and how good he was, if you got to see him by himself. Yeah, I always thought in the realm of time where Bray Wyatt could still be considered um, trying to be the new Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I thought Luke Harper would be perfect without Eric Rowan because he was so good on his own. Yeah. He could be um if they were considered equals that they would they could be a force to be reckoned with. So for me one of the favorite one of my favorite moments is um when Luke Harper had returned um and helped Bray Wyatt beat Randy Orton at No Mercy. He came back with this uh long black trench coat um, they, they hit the, the Bray Wyatt, um, what, what do you call it? That, uh, that, uh, camera flip. Oh yeah. Um, where they went dark and Luke Harper appeared in the ring in the black trench coat. And I remember losing my mind about it because I was like, oh my God, finally just them two together. thinking remembering how good Luke Harper is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he would fly out of the ring cause for people who don't remember, he used to do all the stuff yeah, that you guys used to do, the yeah, suicide. Yeah, the talking suicides and, and stuff. And so it, it was just a really cool moment for me because I always thought if he was held in a high regard, given a, a really big spotlight, he, he always impressed me. Yeah. Um, which I think he did tremendously in AEW after. Yeah, he definitely. Once, he, he, def- once he got his whole faction and beating down Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they uh, I will say this. I feel like AEW did what WWE wouldn't do with him, and they allowed him to talk. Yes. Because yes. I don't think I ever heard him talk much mm-hmm. other than, like, that deep, you know, little couple words here and there. Mm-hmm. In AEW, they actually let him talk, and it cut promos, and he was able to showcase what he could actually do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool that he was able to get that opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, which is a real testament to... How hard he had to work just to get there, mm-hmm. um, because they didn't let him talk in WWE. Yeah, but he would still go out and impress you with those facial expressions, with the way he moved in the ring, how agile he was. Um, I remember I loved him with the Intercontinental Title because it yeah. really gave him um, a a spotlight, like a recognition of importance to how good he is. Um, so I mean, really good man. Yeah, so def- definitely prayers to. Uh... The John Huber family, all his friends, work colleagues, and anybody who's been affected by this. But 2020 has definitely been a year for sure. Yeah. Um, pushing forward, you want to do the Wrestler of the Pod? Yeah, sure. Um, so the Wrestler of the Pod this week is somebody that's relatively new to uh, wrestling in the Indies. He started wrestling in 2018. And this is... Somebody who comes from a famous wrestling family, one that we've talked about on here a number of times, uh, Sifa Fatu. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who Sifa is, Sifa is the youngest son of Rikishi. So he is the younger brother to uh, Jay and Jimmy Uso, second cousin to Roman Reigns. You know, comes from that huge Samoan dynasty family. Huge, huge family. We'll probably get into another pod sometime down the line just on that family alone. But, um, like I said, began wrestling in 2018. Wrestled for Rikishi's Hard Knocks promotion. 
And I chose him because he kind of teased a little bit about AEW. If you didn't see, he posted a picture of him standing in front of the AEW logo. Mm. And Cody, Cody seen it and Cody said, uh, he said he's never met a Oost that couldn't wrestle at the highest level. Maybe he'll have to take a scouting trip to go see Sifa in action. Okay. okay. So Cody noticed it, and Cody didn't let it go unnoticed. And the back of his jacket said Ultimate Oos. <laughs> so look at that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we might see a Uso in AEW somehow. That's good, man. But that's my that's my pick for the wrestler of the pot. I had to go with Sifa Fatsu. Yeah. And you the know what? Cody's, Cody's really uh Cody's really good at. Um, really attacking who he likes on the indies. Yeah, I you just look at his string with the TNT title, just mm-hmm. pulling up guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I noticed that with Cody. Cody is not afraid to go out of his way to mm-hmm. go find somebody. He he gives back, man. Yeah, I, and I feel like most wrestlers appreciate that because Cody appeals to the wrestlers because even though he is, you know, management in a way. Yeah, he's still a talent. Yeah, yeah. So that is big and up to Cody so too. far he's he's only been using that talent to elevate um, mm-hmm. other people. When yeah. he had the TNT title, he was doing the open challenges, but not just for people in AEW, for people in the Indies. Yeah, just to give them a spotlight for no, you know what I mean? Yeah, just for so no they can other. showcase what they do. I mean, for God's sakes, not a lot of people knew Scorpio Sky was able to do, do something the on his he own. Was able to do, yeah, and he elevated Scorpio Sky. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Big ups to big ups to our wrestler of the pod. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him and Cody in a ring one day. And Cody can get in there with another Oose. Yeah, man, that would be fun to see other Ooses in the ring mm-hmm. at AEW with Cody in general. <laughs> would be fun to see. All right, um, moving on in indie news. Um, not a lot of big things going on. Um, I think we're still waiting for MLW to have their pay per view. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, Wrestle Kingdom news has come out. Wrestle Kingdom 15 is going to be January 4th. Where's it going to be? Um, in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, wow. To Isn't that where it was last year? And the year before that. And the year before that? And the year before that. And the year before that. It's always, always in the Tokyo Dome. rolling out the hits in Japan. Just when you think you got a surprise on where it's going to be... Boom, we're in the Tokyo Dome. It's actually in the design for Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> in the Tokyo Dome. Always the Tokyo Dome. Never fails. But I got some I got uh I got some fun news. Um it, it was inevitably coming. Mm-hmm. But um the aerial assassin Will Ospreay will be going one on one against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom fifteen. Which will be a great match. Which will be a great, great match. Because Okada doesn't fly around the ring the way Osprey does. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Okada's really faced someone that's um, of that caliber and his division that flies around the way that uh, the way that Osprey's able to do. I, 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 will, I will go out on a limb and say maybe the last person in that division that Okada's faced like that, that can fly like Osprey, is probably AJ. Mm, yep. Because I don't even, Probably I don't AJ. even see, I don't even see Kenny flying like that. Nah, Kenny doesn't do all that because he's able to. Yeah, he, but it's, it's not just, regularly in his arsenal. Yeah, like, like that. if if it calls for it, he will because he did it with uh, Okada a little bit. He did it mm-hmm. more with um, Jericho. Yeah, but 
you know, AJ's, that's more AJ's wheelhouse, and I'll say that's probably the last time he's done that. Yeah, I think the the biggest, he did a recent interview talking about um, just the history, how Okada was behind, off the camera, mm-hmm. the way he was holding him back. I think the biggest line from the interview for me was um, Okada knew his star was burning out, his mind was burning brighter. Um, he talked about Um, People can start saying that now as Okada starts to get older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's the old dog. He's essentially Mm -hmm. what what Tanahashi was when he beat him. So He's not the young boy no more. Exactly. He's becoming, slowly becoming the old lion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really what this surrounds. Not only the backstabbing of Osprey, but how Okada's slowly becoming the old dog. You know, mm-hmm. and he's just trying to hold down, <laughs> hold down the fort. Um, there was some interesting things in the interview. Osprey talks about how, um, how when he was a, a junior heavyweight, he got no posters, no interviews, no spotlight. His name wasn't on the trucks, even though he was winning championships, mm-hmm. even though he won the super junior. Um, he said, I won the Super Junior next month. Where was I on the poster? Nowhere. But you know, you saw, you saw Okada. And then I wanted to change, put on some weight. And you know what Okada did? <laughs> he changed. He said he changed. He, and when he won, when he won the, uh, British heavyweight championship, um, Okada put his arm around me. He invaded my personal space. Because he knew my star was burning out. Uh, well, his star was burning out. His mm-hmm. mind was burning brighter. Uh, he, he wanted if, to if that isn't hold a Dolph, me back and hold me down. If that know. isn't a Dolph Ziggler, it could have been me moment. <laughs> I don't know what is. So, you know what? Um, and he said, uh, he also said, what is chaos now that I'm not in it? He said, it's just Okada and his boys. <laughs> Which, I mean, in a sense it is. It I is. can't really name a whole lot of other people in chaos. Yeah. Now that... um. Because everyone has their own, but I mean that's kind of a lot of uh, New Japan factions now. Yeah, like you, you can't aside really, from Bullet Club, um, Okada's even, chaos is really just Okada and whoever else is in chaos. I, I would even throw Bullet Club in there too because I I can't even tell you many people other than you know God. Yeah, after God and um, Fale, they still got yeah, Fale. Yeah, they still got Fale, and of course Switchblade. Yeah, we, we don't really care for Switchblade. Which we don't care for. I care more for Kenta than Switchblade, honestly. I care more for uh, Yujiro Takahashi than I do Switchblade. So, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be a match. We'll probably... I, I don't know if I'm going to have... Um, like, I might go out and purchase New Japan for it. Mm-hmm. Spend those $10. But, um... Because uh, otherwise, we're just going to be scouring for over the internet for the match. Yeah. Which is normal for New Japan matches, but, mm-hmm. you know. It's either that or you'll find the highlights on YouTube in like two days. Yeah, because they'll, they'll really go those hour matches when it's important mm-hmm. because it's a story arc. So, you know what I mean? I wonder how they're going to play the match. I wonder if it's going to be a whole lot of offense from Osprey and Okada just trying to stay in it or... Yeah, you know, I, just, I wonder how they're going to do it. I wonder if Osprey's going to win. 
I, I don't believe so. I think Okada's going to take it. Okada's like their John Cena, so. Yeah, and you know what? I might side with you because it took even Okada um, a couple times to to go up against Tanahashi before he uh, mm-hmm. actually took the belt from him. Yeah. So I could see Osprey losing and then maybe winning next year. Mm-hmm. It could definitely happen. Um, but moving on from that, Impact News. Oh yeah, uh, for Impact man, this got me. This got me pumped. My boys won themselves the tag titles. The Good Brothers were able to get the titles, and now they're walking in with the gold. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got gold now. Mm-hmm. Going into um, Hard to Kill. So this is a good thing, man. They got their six-man tag match at Hard to Kill. It's the Good Brothers and Omega. Mini Bullet Club reunion against uh, Rich Swan and the Machine Guns. The Motor City Machine Guns. Yes. So now, you got My Kenny boys. side walking in with all the gold. Everybody got gold. They, they going in dripped up. and mm-hmm. I feel like I really don't know at this point since they have all the gold. I don't know if they win. Um, wow. I didn't consider that. You know what? Does it end if they win? I mean, the only way I could see it happening is they win. And then within a couple weeks or so, since uh, Kenny's team wins and they got all the gold, a couple weeks from now, or from the match... Uh, the Good Brothers lose the tag titles to mm. to the Guns. Because mm. it'll be like, oh yeah, you guys won the match. You guys won the six-man tag. Everybody, you know, all the champions won. But now you got to face us in a regular old tag team match. And they lose the titles to the Machine Guns. I could see that. I feel like maybe they only have the titles right now purposely for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... Where does that leave Kenny? I feel like Kenny's just going to go. Because I feel like he's still going to be on Maybe Kenny his, uh... needs the win so he can challenge Rich Swan for the title. Or maybe they win and they drop it and Rich Swan shows up on AEW to challenge Kenny Omega. Ooh. He's you know, like, yeah. yeah, you beat me on my show. Now I want to beat you on yours. Yeah, I could see that. That would that would be good. Um, then that'll push. That'll know, push impact. the title. The, the title versus title match. That'll push Impact um, as a brand because now the Impact champions over there. Mm-hmm. But that, that could be cool. And then yeah, you got a title, title. Title versus title on uh, AEW's program. Yeah, it'll 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 rack up on the title collector. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, people tune in to Impact. If Rich loses the title on AEW, mm-hmm. we'll see where does Impact go from here without a world title. I feel like um, in a business sense, maybe that's the end goal of this. Like maybe it's not really about Kenny becoming the title collector. Maybe the end goal of this business-wise is to push for all the interbrand connections. So that now all the industries can trade talent back and forth. This is kind because of because we have one guy to you know. This is kind of reminding me of when um, when Vince first took over WWE mm-hmm. when he first got it from his dad, 
WWE was just the Northeastern Territory. Right. You had, you know, your Southeastern Whoop, whoop. You have your Southeastern Territories. You had your Midwest Territories. You had your uh, Deep South Territories. Mm -hmm. And those territories were doing good. And then Vince Jr. came in and just took over all the territories. Right. Kind of feels like the territories are building themselves back up in a way. Yes. Because you figure WWE is, you know, the number one promotion in the country still. Mm -hmm. But their headquarters are still in the Northeast. You got AEW now. AEW, where's their territory? Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, they're Florida, Orlando now. You have Impact. Impact is still South. Impact is, uh, like, they could be Deep South because they're Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So you still have these territories that are sort of building their building themselves back up. So, I mean, it, that's what it kind of feels like to me. It kind of feels like AEW is trying to spearhead getting territories to work with each other as opposed to against each other. Exactly. It's it's a Vince McMahon, but it's reverse. Yeah, yeah. It's basically... Instead Vin- of destroying it's, all the other talent... Instead of Vince let's Jr. Let's work together. Instead of Vince McMahon Jr., it's Vince Sr. Exactly. It's his dad. It's his dad, basically, in a way. Exactly. That's what I think... Um, that's what I think the big thing here is. I think the end result is for all the big indie companies to come together mm-hmm. so that they can all work and intertwine and exchange talent uh yeah, talents and, and that's really bigger. not a bad thing i mean because even if they you know other promotions can still tour the country mm-hmm. and it's still not even going to be a bad thing because you figure wwe has the biggest fan base so they're naturally going to get the biggest arenas right so let's take let's take philly for example WWE is always going to get the Wells Fargo Center. Right. Anytime AEW comes here, they always go to the Leochorus Center. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest uh, venue compared to the Wells Fargo Center, but still a bigger venue nonetheless. Right. If Impact was to come here, they would probably go to the 2300 Arena. Mm-hmm. So there's still plenty of places that, you know... Yeah, either the 2300 or Temple. Yeah, see? Well, yeah, that that's the Leah Quarter Center, been yeah, right. Okay. Well, so I, I kind of figured AEW's got the second biggest following, so they would go, they, they would definitely be at the Leah Quarter Center, and they already took over the Leah Quarter Center once before. Mm-hmm. And then you know the twenty three hundred arena that can that's where Ring of Honor usually does their stuff, so yep. that's where Impact can do theirs. Oh, speaking of that, oh my God, I haven't been able short detour. I have not been able to say this on the pod, but I've been seeing it also all over Twitter. Um, they're trying to they're trying to gather money to save the old ECW arena, the twenty three hundred. Um, oh damn! What? Why? They've been heavily promoting it, I guess, because they're not able to do shows. Oh, that is a they're hurt losing piece. money. So yeah, the old ECW arena. Anybody looking it up for the twenty three hundred arena? If you loved ECW, if you you know if you loved the people that came out of ECW. Taz, the people you watch today, RVD, um, Sandman, Shit, Sabu, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman you know, save the 2300 arena. Mm-hmm. Damn, that is crazy. I, I remember going there it as would a be, kid. it would be demolishing wrestling history to lose the 2300 arena. Oh, God, yeah. I, so, could, I could. Anyone, look it up. See how you can give money. Um, we got to save the, AC, the old ECW yeah, arena. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm probably going to. Probably throw something in towards that too, because yeah. that's crazy. That is literally wrestling history. Yeah, 
it it was it was really awesome. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be weird to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, but it was it was really awesome to visit there when we went to go see ROH, and um, highlight for me is gonna sound weird, but just stay with me here. Was um in the bathroom of the arena. Um, there's a huge ECW um poster looks like a mural on the wall Mm -hmm. um from like uh from the year they started so it's 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 (laughs) circumstantially it's a little weird but it's cool to see like this is where you know people would literally tear each other apart no rules and it's crazy to go out barely like get barely getting paid paul Heyman like having a um, bounce people's checks. Yeah, having to bounce people's checks, having to motivate people backstage to go out and work. Like, blood, sweat, and tears were in that arena, man. And it's crazy. If you walk through there, they still have the old banners up of the people that were inducted into the Hardcore Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Like, you got Eddie Guerrero's in there. Mm-hmm. I was there the night uh, Sandman got inducted. Oh, uh, wow. I, w- I was able to see his banner drop, and they had him come out, and uh, who the hell was it that he attacked? Um... Mercury, mm-hmm. he came out and he, he started hitting Mercury with the um, with the kendo stick, and this was when Mercury still had the long hair. Oh, nice! Yeah, they they had cut him and he went on the Indies and he was there. It was a it was a pro wrestling unplugged show, mm. and Sandman got inducted in the arena in the Hardcore Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. Yeah, but definitely save the twenty three hundred arena for God's sake. That's that's ridiculous. Um next up I got one more thing for impact and that's they're actually letting Tony Khan do uh paid ads on there. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting paid to make ads for his own show. Very funny on Impact. Very funny ads. Like the like the ads are good. His Christmas ad was funny. He was like, "You think if I wanted this match to happen, I would? I wouldn't let it happen. I wouldn't allow my champion, but I do allow my champion, just because I love wrestling." <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool that he's actually uh, giving ads for his promotion on Impact TV, because you don't ever see that. You don't ever see WWE promoting AEW. You don't yeah, ever see it's... WWE promoting any other. Promotions. So. Yeah, they always say they're open to it, but they're not. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're not. Not in the way Tony Khan. Yeah, no, Tony Khan is actually actually encouraging it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he pokes fun, but it's it's very... It's yeah, like, of... he pokes fun, but it's not, like, cheap shots or anything exactly. like that. They're actually, exactly. like, they're actually, like, kind of funny shots. It's like, like public ribbing. Yeah, like, it, it's not like, oh, crap, did he just say that on national television? It's more like, <laughs> okay, that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, good stuff, baby. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, it just shows the working relationship that Impact and AEW have. Uh, speaking of AEW, Jake Hager cut his promo, and now we're getting even more attention in the inner circle because next week he fights Wardlow. And uh, this was inevitable. Yeah, we we seen this coming a mile away. We we knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out. He said he already talked to Tony Khan. It got approved. Next week it's Hager versus Wardlow, and MJF and Chris Jericho are both trying to play peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. 
he was trying to back out of it for Wardlow, but I feel like Wardlow is going to be down for it anyway. Oh, yeah. Because he oh, hasn't yeah. said anything, but... This needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh... You can't both be the enforcer. Yeah, for real. Someone's got to step down a peg. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I feel, I feel like I don't know who's going to be the one to step down, but I think it's going to be Hager. I think it's going to be Wardlow. You think Wardlow's going to step down? And I'll tell you why. They've been really pushing Hager based off of, um... MMA background. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a big guy. So is Wardlow. Yes, he's intimidating. So is Wardlow. Yes, he can wrestle. So can Wardlow. But the difference here is they've been pushing Hager and as his... a just really tough son of a bitch. He goes out there and he's undefeated in the MMA world. Mm-hmm. He really does this shit. Like, he's hardcore badass. Well, well that's kind of why I feel like Wardlow is going to be the one that would walk away with it. Because I feel like they're going to try and cheat and get Wardlow to win. Mm. And then Hager can, you know, take this, take the, take it down and pay. And that just moves MJF in a little bit further to kind of overtake the inner circle and plant because his now seat. his big man has like mm-hmm. hierarchy yeah his big his big man has hierarchy over because Hager. when you think about them as a group Wardlow is essentially at the bottom yeah yeah which needs to change and we need to fucking so if he beats Hager, to the bottom if he beats Hager I still think Sammy needs to leave mm-hmm. I do think well, after I, I, this, I think that's how I think that's I how think that's this how can all go. transpire like because I think um, I think after they do this match, I think inevitably the next step is MJF versus Sammy Guevara mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know how solid it is, but he did kind of come to a truce with LAX. Yeah. Um, or the Pride and the Powerful, Proud and the Powerful. It's LAX. It's LAX. Um, he did oh, he yeah. did essentially come to like a a, a truce with them. Like yeah. he went there and. Shared some stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. they shook hands and everything. So, essentially for now, the beef with them is squash. Yeah. So, the only person left is Sammy Guevara. After their big men hashed this out to determine, like, the enforcer of the group, I feel like the only other problem to reconcile, other than Jericho being mad at, like, the sudden jab, like, the, the very, very small jabs MJF is doing. Yeah. It's MJF versus Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think uh, over time, it, it's bound to happen. Samuel wind up getting the, the proverbial boot as as it is, and then it'll just be Jericho uh, with MJF, Wardlow, and LAX. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I think this is what they're building towards in a way. And then that'll lead further down to the feud between Jericho and MJF again. Uh, and then Sting has normally been the one saving people in AEW. Yes. This time he was the one getting an assist because Team Taz was willing to go to the ring and beat him down and whatnot. Darby Allen came to the rescue. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's, it's the only really choice they got at this point. They can't keep attacking um, all the good people and Sting coming out to save him. Eventually, he's yeah. Gonna eventually, Sting. Sting's gonna need some backup. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's but weird. But his young boy saved him. Yeah, it's weird. It's been what like three weeks now, and yeah, 
You haven't seen Sting hit anybody. No. <laughs> he just shows up and makes his really, presence felt. Really weird, though. But great booking, you know what I mean? Yeah, they like don't you're, wanna... just, you're just making him seem like a badass at this point. Nobody wants anything to do with the man called Sting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to hold it off until the paper. I wonder who's. I wonder how they're going to bump for him. Um, because we'll get into talk about it later about the person I'm bringing up, but I wonder if it's going to be like Hulk Hogan type bumping where uh, it's like all exaggerated and no, I, I, I feel or like you think Sting, it's going to be like just solid ring work. I feel like with Sting, I think he would retire before he started Hulk Hogan bumping. Okay. If he had a bump like or that, or telling other people to Hulk Hogan bump for yeah, him. like I feel like if Sting had to do that, he wouldn't. He would retire. Mm. Like there, there's no. Sting loves the business too much to do something like that. And besides, with Hulk Hogan, it feels like everything he did was for the money. Mm-hmm. Sting, I don't think I don't feel like Sting's doing it for the money. I, I feel like Sting's doing it just because he still has that love and that passion. Absolutely. It's like Rick. When Rick was forced to retire, he didn't want to retire. When they told Sting, yeah, you got to hang him up, man. You got a bad injury. You can't do this no more. He said, okay, bet. I'll see you later. He went somewhere else to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's going to be what plays in for Sting. He's not going to be Hulk Hogan bumping, over-exaggerating stuff. He's going to be a little bit like the Stinger of old. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be a cool thing. I mean, I, I definitely can't wait to see him actually get in the ring and do something. Yeah. That's going to be cool. So, now we got to jump to NXT. Uh, yo, man, you're man. I don't know what it is with this guy, but Leon Ruff, dude. I like it. He's out here putting the boots to Thatcher. I like it. I, I watched this match, and you know what? I laughed tremendously because um, Thatcher's whole thing was uh, to get back at Ciampa. Mm-hmm. He talked about how Ciampa picked a fight with him. Said he wanted to fight him. He attacked his ear. He attacked his neck. Um, and Ciampa pulled it out. And he was like, you know what? I go out the next week to your face um, like you did with me to challenge you to a fight. And you walk away from me. He's like, so now I'm going to do everything possible to um, to break everyone else until you accept it. Because now I want to fight with you. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm gonna go out there tonight, and I'm gonna take liberties <laughs> with Leon Ruff. And if you're a man, you'll come out and stop me. Mm-hmm. So the match essentially was Leon Ruff getting his ass kicked by Timothy Thatcher, and out of nowhere, <laughs> literally out of fucking nowhere, schoolboy roll up. Leon Ruff it beats Timothy Don't Thatcher. matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Oh, Winning's winning. I laughed so hard. I'll take it, man. It was a great thing to see. Leon yeah. out here putting yeah. the boots to people. Yeah, I laughed so hard for about 30 seconds until Timothy Thatcher realized what happened, and he went out and beat the hell out of Leon Ruff. It's all good. Leon Ruff out here collecting these Ws, cashing oh, checks, yeah, breaking man. necks, doing everything. Oh, yeah, and as a result... Um, of course, Tommaso did come out and lay out Thatcher, and he uh, told him while Thatcher was laying there, you want to fight, you got it, uh, New Year's Evil fight pit, mm-hmm. which I think is only the second fight pit match they've had 
which essentially is like a glorified UFC match, really. Oh, so it's Raw Underground? It's no, it's better. He said, than Raw he said no. It's, it's he said no. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not. Uh, 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 never back down. Street fighting. It's like a. It's like a. I, I it's not Fight Club. It. It's yeah. It's not Fight Club. It's, it's MMA, but it's like. WWE style. MMA. It's MMA that's done right for the WWE. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he lays him out, and then they come back from commercial, and Leon is leaving Regal's office, and declares that he's getting a rematch with with Johnny Gagano for the North American Championship. Which he said, which uh, I want to see him win. So I want to see him win too. He said you do because you know what I uh, I earned it. The curse lives. And <laughs> I'm gonna prove it when I beat Johnny Gargano again. I, I love that they're just <laughs> acknowledging the curse at this point. <laughs> they do curses right. <laughs> they're just acknowledging the curse. They're like they yeah. never acknowledge Sasha Banks' curse. <laughs> we just knew it was a curse. Yeah, we just we always knew it was there. But Johnny's curse is acknowledged because now it's funny, mm-hmm. and Triple H knows how to acknowledge these things. Yeah, for real. Y'all didn't choose to acknowledge until the very last time, but Triple H is doing it right. He said, yep, no, we already know, we know this is it. Then I can let you end up like Sasha. But we are going to make fun of you for a little bit about it. Not my boy, not my boy. (laughs) Not little Sean. (laughs) Not little Sean. You gotta be little Sean. He's little Sean. I thought Adam Cole was little Sean. Well, Tommaso is little H, so Tommaso is little Triple H. Oh my God, Tommaso is Triple H. So so Johnny, Tommaso is baby Triple H. So Johnny, Johnny at that point's got to be baby Sean. That's true. I thought Adam was baby Sean though. No, Adam is Adam. Adam is great as he is. All right, I considered Adam to be like their like eldest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a- the, a- Adam. The, the Adam kid is they had that doesn't need any help. Like he's, he's the one that got the job at sixteen and is like who's the, going um, to college and excelling. Like they don't need to really worry about him. What the hell was that chick's name? Or those those, those golden people from Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, uh, the Sovereign. Was it the Sovereign? It might have been the Sovereign. Well, remember when at the end of the movie when they made their their own creation? Oh yeah, and yeah. She was like, I think I'll call him Adam. Yep, Adam is Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam, is Adam is Adam. Adam is Adam. Adam right. is Adam Warlock, man. Adam is Adam Warlock. Uh, so speaking of Adam, because that that segued perfectly, he slept the piss out of the Velveteen Dream. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Velveteen was poking some fun. He was saying that uh, we now know who the real leader of the Undisputed Era mm-hmm. is. It's not Adam. It's not Roddy. It's not Bobby. It's Kyle O'Reilly. So Adam's like, all right, you know what? Let me tell you something about the Undisputed Era. And then mm-hmm. he just slaps the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. He said, there's no leader of the Undisputed Era. Right. And if you got a problem with it, you and me can handle it in the ring. Mm-hmm. But that slap was something vicious. That's probably one of the better yeah, slaps. Yeah, he slapped the hell out of him. He slapped the hell out of him. Side note, though, where the hell's Velveteen Dream been? Uh, don't expect Velveteen Dream to be heavily on camera or winning any matches. Velveteen Dream is going through his Triple H period. You know how after the the not the screw job after the um the click mm-hmm. did oh, the yeah. whole goodbye segment mm-hmm. 
and they couldn't punish Sean because he was champ. Mm-hmm. So Triple H just went through a year of like bullshit. Yeah. Until he, they let him be Triple H. He's in. He's in the. He's in the Triple H. He's phase. in. He's in his. He's year in Triple of H post click mode. Yeah, he's gone through a lot of controversy. Apparently, he's his being very immature in the back, and he's paying for it right now. Sure, that that that's when those fucking those. I don't mean to curse there, but you know I can. Yeah. But that that's when those vets need to step up and yeah teach this guy a thing or two because you figure you have veteran leadership back there. You have. Balor, number mm-hmm. one. And a lot of people might not see this these next two guys as locker room leadership. But for NXT, I think it is. You got Breezango down there. Yeah. Because you figured they were NXT. Yeah. They went to the main roster. Tyler Breeze, for certain, is a veteran. Yeah, yeah, room. see? So you got Tyler Breeze. We don't even need to put a Fandango in there. You got Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Tyler Breeze, Finn Balor. You got you got Champa down there. Champa is Tommaso. the heart and soul of NXT. You got some. You got, you got Johnny. Some soul you have... locker room leaders in that locker. Mm-hmm. A man that led the entire New Japan locker room at one point. So mm, literally, yeah. So yeah. you have somebody who can run an entire Adam Cole for God's sakes. Too. Yeah. So you got plenty of locker room leadership down there. Honestly, what I think that they lack in that locker room. Is a big leader. Like is not, a big leader? Yeah, like not somebody who's like an overpowering leader, but literally a a big figure, like a big leader. Like That's like that's why I liked um, when Samoa Joe was down there. Yeah, like like a Samoa Joe. Because like not you somebody, had a, a true veteran. Yeah, like not like a head of the table, but somebody who has been around the block and is yes. also big as hell. Yes, somebody that can play that Undertaker locker room role. You know who I thought would have been good, but he wasn't in NXT? Mm. I think Gallows would have been a good big locker room leader. Gallows? Mm-hmm. I think Gallows could have been a locker room leader for NXT Possibly. as far as like a big a big guy goes. Hell, even Harper. Yeah. Harper, Rowan, those yeah. guys, definitely. Um, mm. But right now, I don't think there's really any big guys down there. Is there someone from the main roster you feel like could go down there to play that role? Um, not that... Off the top of my head, hmm. Because they have one up there in Roman, but no one's sending. Yeah, no. For God's sakes, they had Drew for a while, but Drew's up now. Yeah, uh, honestly, at this point, um, I would have to go Joe. I mean, I like Joe on commentary. Don't don't get me wrong, but God, if that's the case, I would find somebody else to do commentary in NXT. And I would throw Joe back down. No, no, no. Like someone to do commentary for NXT. Mm -hmm. Take Barrett out of the damn commentary table and and put put Barrett Barrett in the locker room. I think Barrett would. Barrett would definitely work. He would whip that locker room right there. Barrett would definitely work. Yeah. Imagine that as your locker room leaders. You got Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Tommaso, Johnny, Mm -hmm. and fucking Wade Barrett. Yeah, Wade Barrett would definitely. Everybody's catching ass whoopings backstage. But yeah, Joe would be a good one to send down. Alistair's not a big guy, but I would send Alistair mm-hmm. as like locker room leadership. Um, Kevin, eh. mm, Kevin's kind of against the grain. He's not really. Yeah, like Kevin's a guy that you could. He's not really the authoritative type. Mm, yeah, no, not really authoritative type, but somebody to like slap you in the back of the head and say, "Yo, get your yeah, head get on straight." Together, what are you yeah. doing? Um, he he could be the punk. Yeah. Like he yeah. he's not the overpowering leader, but he's that guy that can Everyone sit you the, can, can sit you the hell down and be like, all right, look, you're, this you're messing is how up. We think this is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, he's not the overpowering speech and muscle and all that. He's the, all right, this is where you're fucking And I feel like every locker room needs that guy, too. Mm -hmm. The guy that's not going to, you know, be the stamp and make all the big decisions, but he'll pull you aside and tell you what you're fucking up on. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like for the main roster right now, I, I would say that that role falls to, honestly, Daniel. Bryant, Daniel Bryant, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because Daniel yeah. Bryant again was never that John yeah. Cena type of leader. Yeah, he wasn't a punk type of leader either. But mm-hmm. he's that guy that all right, this is where you're messing up, and this is how you can fix it. Yeah, I don't think you can send him back down to NXT though. You know oh no, I, no, no, no. But in his place, you know who I do feel like has been in the business long enough to pull the guy aside, tell him what he's doing wrong, and also help the talent on whatever they need to improve themselves, exactly. improve their stake in the locker room, improve their matches. They should bring Brian Kendrick into the NXT locker room. Yeah. Because even Brian Kendrick has already accepted his role in it and um, excelling talent and pushing talent. But he's also the guy. So he's the guy that trains the women. Yeah. But he can also be the guy that can train some of the men, improve their in-ring work, and pull the guy aside to be like, hey, this is locker room etiquette. This is what you're messing up on. This is what you don't understand. Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd. Because yep. you said Brian Kendrick and you started saying he was training people. Da, 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 da. I was like, Tyson Kidd. Yep. Brian Kendrick and Tyson Kidd. That's what they need. That can be an NXT version of J&J. You got mm-hmm. two guys who've been in the business, knew all the fucking ins and outs, mm-hmm. and then put them in NXT. They don't have to be J&J in the ring. They can be J&J backstage, yes. off the cameras, yes. and let them yes. know what they're doing. Yes. So yeah, NXT definitely needs locker room help, especially with Velveteen Dream. Um, but yeah, that's where Velveteen Dream has been. He's yeah. been paying his dues. I'm not gonna lie, we kind of seg we kind of segued a little bit on that part, but it was actually a much needed segue. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, yeah. it worked. It's something you never really think about until you think about yeah, it. Yeah, because that we literally just finished, and I'm like, damn, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I got for NXT, man. It ha- it's happening again, and I'm excited for it. Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, too. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Again, as much as I'm going to... Can I'm gonna Finn be- win, um, or, or is this Kyle O'Reilly's time? Are we waiting until WrestleMania, or is Kyle O'Reilly becoming champion in two weeks? Dude, you know how much I love Finn, man. And I said Kyle was going to win the first one, as much as I wanted to say Finn. Mm-hmm. And I really want to say Finn right now. I'm going Kyle. I think Kyle needs to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle. Because I feel like, as much as I love Finn, and I went against Finn the first time, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to, but Mm -hmm. I I love Kyle, and I love the run he's on. And this time, I'm faced with the same thing. I love Finn. Yeah. I want to say Finn's going to win, because I don't want to go against Finn. Yeah. But I'm going with Kyle anyway. Just because this run is great. Like, I... It's only, and I'm super convinced. It's only like, a matter of time. Like it's got to be. It's listening be, yeah. to Kyle, listening to Adam, like I'm very convinced that like Kyle can win this thing. Some shit gonna hit the fan. Is is what's gonna happen. And Finn made a very interesting note when they were doing the promo of them watching the match back. Mm-hmm. And Finn is like, a lot of people forget I won that match. And he's like, you, I, I, I walk around and. When people talk about their match, they don't they don't talk about how I won. Mm-hmm. 
They don't talk about the devastating, like... Jaw injury. Uh, and they don't talk about me breaking your ribs or anything like that. They talk about how you broke my jaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kyle is like, you know, he's like, uh, uh, what you was know? his big line? He said, last time, I shattered your jaw. This time, I'm going to shatter your legacy. Just brilliant. <laughs> Just the legacy brilliant. crusher, man. Brilliant. He's going to take that legacy and he's going to kick it. That's what he's going to do. I can't wait to see this match. This is going to be, a, again, another beautiful match. And I think it surpasses the first one. Mm. I do too. This and is The this first is, one was great. It really was. This is Ciampa Gargano vibes. Yes, and I'm loving it, man. Because I don't think Balor has had these type of vibes since he's been back in NXT. Mm-hmm. Aside from Samoa Joe, maybe. Finn hasn't had an opponent push him to the yeah actual like pushed him to the limit limits. limits. Yeah, like, he hasn't had that at all. Oh, this is big for you. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Since then, at this time, is totally different because when he had this feeling with Samoa Joe, it was different because up to that point, even with Finn's matches with Joe, yeah, it wasn't considered beating Joe. It was considered mm-hmm. surviving the ass whooping and finding a way to win. Yeah. So now it's like you just got a guy that is just as talented as you completely. Yeah. So and that's exactly what makes this match so beautiful. It really does. Like on paper, it looks great. The first time it happened, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The second time it happens, I'm really calling that it's it's gonna surpass the first one. Mm-hmm. And there's not many times you can say that about two guys who hop in the ring with each other. And they really haven't been in the ring much, yeah, with one another. So, Can't and they don't see. they don't have to do a lot either. No, the promos they, literally are uh, enough. Yeah, like the promos are building the match themselves. This is like um, the promos for the first women's war game match that they had last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to do much in the match, and the promos built the match up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this is. It, the promos told enough of the story that you didn't really have to have a barn burner of a match, but you did anyway. And I think yeah. this is the same yeah. thing. These promos. Yeah. You you don't need to go out and attack every week. Mm-hmm. You don't need to pull out different extreme extravagant stuff. And they really haven't been attacking each other. Yeah, it doesn't need to be it's like a, a really thing. a really like uh, personal thing. It's just I, I just want like to see you. who's better. I know I'm better than you and mm-hmm. we're gonna go out and prove it. Yeah, and, and honestly that's that's some of the best wrestling you can ask for. And you know what to 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 have something that simple feel like Gargano and Ciampa where they were pulling out all the stops to make that what it was yeah, really is a testament to how good these two are. Because we, they don't need to do all of that for it to feel like this is that good. You know why though? Because I feel like I feel like this is a time where there's no bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like there's no heel. Yes. And that's normally one... They they do stuff like this, like when it was um. When it was John versus Daniel Bryan, for the uh for the title, mm-hmm. they didn't attack each other. They didn't do anything like that. They, they basically just cut promos and went in the ring and fought because their promos were good. Mm-hmm. And then it was the same thing with um. 
with John and Roman. Like, they didn't attack each other. Yeah. It John was just, just buried verbal, him on promos. It was like, just verbal warfare. Yeah. yeah, like, Roman wasn't good at the promos at that time. Mm-hmm. But John carried him through the promos and buried him so well in the promos that the you promos just couldn't wait for the built fight for the match because and it was very they they worked off the very simple premise of Roman's a better wrestler, John's, John's a better John's talker. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. So every week we're gonna have him verbally beat you down mm-hmm. because we know when it, you're pissed because you can't you can't you can't talk as good as him. So when y'all get in that ring. It's going to be a hell of a match. It's called the promo, kid. If you yeah. want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do them. But now, he's so good at promos. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'd love to see that match one more time. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can have that match one more time. I'll be okay with it. That match now? Oh, my God. You're the tribal chief. You're the head of the table. Well, I'm still the face that runs the place. Mm. You thought AJ versus John was bad. <laughs> this is going to be a fucking... Yeah, man, oh, that's man. gonna be awesome. Uh, so let's talk. Let's jump right into the WWE main roster news. Um, I was gonna save this for like the middle or the end, but look, it's a it's a great thing to talk about. So it's going first. Mm-hmm. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Oh yeah, Big, yeah, e Big E won the Intercontinental Title. I was gonna save this for like the end of the segment, but now nah, this is too. Good. I'm a little shocked. You're shocked that it happened? Yes. Like, I shouldn't be, but I am. Like I'm, I'm not. Wait, are, are you shocked that it happened so soon? Is yes. That, okay. Yes. Okay, yes. that I understand. Yes. So but, soon on SmackDown. But honestly, in a, a way, shocked. I'm not because if you notice, at least what I've picked up on is normally before the end of every year, Somebody wins a title on the last show of the year. Mm. There's always a new champion somewhere. Whether it's a tag team champion, a world champion, a mid-card champion. There's always a new champion. Last year was... um, Who was it last year? Last year was it... I don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before. But remember AJ won the title on the last show of the year? And he beat Gender? Yep. Uh, There was that... There was that one. There was. There's. I feel like there's always a new champion at the end of the year. Mm. It almost always happens. So when they announced that this match was gonna take place on, you know, the go home show of the year, I kind of mm. figured Big E was gonna win. It was just a matter. It'll, it'll be a good title for him to hold. I think he holds it until. I don't think he holds it. He's either gonna hold it not for a long time, or he's gonna hold it until Mania. I think he's gonna hold it for the next three to f- three to six months. Would you think this would be the perfect time to put him as the winner for the Rumble as the IC champ? No. No, and I'll tell you why. Um, it was actually the next point I was gonna make. I think he's gonna hold it the next three to six months because Big E currently is not. World Championship material. So you think he just needs to hold this title for a little bit until he builds he's up? He's going to hold this. He's going to figure out who he is as a world champion character. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to drop the title at SummerSlam to start pursuing that character. He's going to go through all the character changes in these six months mm-hmm. to become who he needs to be to be a world champion. Okay. 
because as it stands currently, I would not put a world championship on this Big E. You need him to build himself up a little bit before you put a world title I on him. I need him to build. I need him to discover who he is outside of the jokes. I need him to be a little more, a little less comical. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw, I love Big E's in-ring. His in-ring needs no work to me. But it's the, after winning an Intercontinental Championship, putting on a construction hat to do an interview about going to work on somebody's behind afterwards for me. Very funny mid-card champion stuff. Mm-hmm. So in these next six months, I need you to figure out who you need to be to be world champion. Okay. That's it. Alright. I can I can go with that. So you got him being the IC champ for a while and then So not twenty twenty one. Would you have him win the Royal Rumble for twenty twenty two? Or would you just have him win the world title in the next year sometime? Twenty twenty two. 2022 Royal Rumble winner. Okay. I feel like that that fits perfect. Let him hold it for six months. Let him drop it at SummerSlam. Let him develop this character for the next six months. And then have him win that that Royal Rumble. Okay. And then in the weeks to WrestleMania, more and more establishing of, I'm this good. I've always been this good. Mm-hmm. You just didn't believe in me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I could. I guess that would be a good. Uh, a good thing. Next on the docket, we have a return. Mm. Charlotte has returned, and she has won the tag team titles. Our queen has returned to us. With Oscar. we called it. We did call it. You called it specifically, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um. I didn't think she was going to win the tag titles, though. No, I didn't either. Uh, my thing is, they had a match with um, on SmackDown. It was a triple threat tag match. Mm-hmm. It was Charlotte, Asuka, Bailey, Carmella, Bianca, and Sasha. Yes. And they eliminated Bailey and Carmella at first. Obvious choice. Yeah, but... It also got me thinking, what the hell is it with them making people double champions? Like, Ooh. you got Bailey, who was the double champ with, uh, like, as a matter of fact, let's go even before Bailey. Becky won both titles Raw Women's title, SmackDown Women's title. Mm. Bailey was Women's champion, Tag Team champion. Mm. Sasha was Women's champion, Tag Team champion. Mm. Asuka is now women's champion and tag team champion. Lack of female talent. And then the final two people in the match, both just had, or the, the final two teams, both just so happen to have a singles women champion. So no matter what, somebody's going to walk out as a double champ again. What the hell is the point of this? Lack of female talent. Lack of believable female talent. Great. You had somebody take the titles off of... um. Naya and Asuka now would have been the perfect time to throw the Riot Squad in that match and have the Riot Squad win the tag team titles. The only legit tag team that they have. The only real tag team they have. Because everybody else is just thrown together. Mm -hmm. 
But here becomes, herein lies the issue. The lack of believable female talent has become a total disaster for them. Because we talked about it all year. They've been putting the weight of the women's division um, on essentially two to three people. Mm-hmm. Sasha, Bailey, Oscar. Yeah. And they've had them beat everyone else. So that none of them were legitimate. Until Shayna and Nia came back. Put them as tag team champions. But now, because you have no one else believable, mm-hmm. they have to be the tag team champions until you find someone else legitimately able to take the belts off of them. Mm-hmm. In comes Charlotte. But that's only one person. But she stands the most believable title holder. So now yeah. you have to pair her up with someone else who's been carrying the division, who makes no sense for her character, but that's not important. What's important is they're believable as champions. Mm-hmm. So now you have a double champ again because you don't have anyone else believable in that division. So you can't, as much as we would think the obvious choice is just put it on the riot squad, you can't really do that because... They've been getting their ass beat all year because you haven't made anyone believable champions. Okay. Which is why Bianca is about to take this belt off of uh, Sasha for me. Oh, yeah. That, because, I feel like that's inevitable as well. Because Bianca's the recent call-up who you haven't pulled the trigger on, and now she's the only option you have left. Mm-hmm. They got to do something about their division, man. Yeah, I feel like that that's only a matter of time as well. Um, I might even call for her to win the Rumble. Bianca? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bianca Belair win the uh, Women's Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that would be a good thing to see her win, go on to fight Sasha at Mania, and mm-hmm. those two can tear the house down. Yeah. And then you can find whoever you yeah. want to find to fight. Oscar, which will probably be Charlotte again. Mm-hmm. And you know what I find? And that's inevitably where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Charlotte Oscar for the belt. Which I wouldn't mind. I don't either. But now you have to find a believable tag team to take the belts off of them. Unless you, the unless, you do, unless you do the Unless you do a backstab and have them lose the titles to the Riot Squad and still not have the Riot Squad be believable. Honestly, they man, I feel it like it's only a matter of time. Charlotte I think the, turned on Oscar. The, the Riot Squad is the only legit tag team, and I feel like most people are wondering when They're the, the hell. only reasonable option. And I feel like most people are calling, like, when the hell is the Riot Squad going to get the titles? Because I They're feel like the, the only titles, choice. aside from Bailey and Sasha, back when they were, like, the, the boss and hug connection, mm-hmm. the titles were made for them. Yeah. Like, literally, you yeah. can have a great group right here. Yes. They should be our champions. They had a legitimate division for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I feel like they, they pissed the bet on it. Absolutely. That's one of the things that happened. When and you they, first really, they, really, they really messed up, and this stems back a few years. Mm-hmm. This re- the, the reason the Riot Squad are so non-believable now stems back to the Ronda, uh, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte thing. Okay. Because when they were established, 
when they broke up PCL, I believe it was called Pages yeah. Team. Uh-huh. And Riot Squad was the legitimate girl group. Um, they ruined it because they kept having them three get beat by Charlotte, uh, uh, Rhonda, and Becky. Yeah. They ruined the most legitimate female tag team they had. Mm-hmm. But being that they're the only real female tag team you had with talent, you had to keep recycling them. So now they become Natalia. They're great as far as mid-card believable matches, but they're not believable as champions Yeah, because they're constantly getting beat. So there's no legitimacy when you put them next to people who are championship talent, which is why they can't beat Nia and Shayna. They can't beat Oscar and Charlotte because who have they beaten that have actually mattered? You've taken all the legitimate singles uh, relevancy out of uh, uh, out of Ruby Riot. Because remember, she was the spearhead of the group. She was supposed to be the singles champ. But Stop killing my dream, man. <laughs> you just killing I'm my sorry, dream this over is what, here. This is what they did. I don't even care they about Ruby. Them. I just want Liv to get a they title. Killed they killed them as legitimate singles threats. I just want Liv to get a title, man. And then kill them as legitimate tag threats. So yeah. they're the only logical option left. But creative has to find a way for them to become important again. Yeah, very true. It, it, they got to figure out what the hell they're doing yeah, it's with di- that division it's as a whole. It's different from Asuka because they basically did a pick up and drop Asuka thing. Mm-hmm. Where, they, where she would suddenly be unimportant and then she would suddenly be really important. And then yeah. she would suddenly be unimportant again. Like they just did, they just plucked Asuka whenever they felt like it. Mm-hmm. Is You can't do that with the Riot Squad. They didn't go undefeated for a year. Yeah. But I really think that this... I really think it's just a matter of time before it all breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we got McIntyre and AJ with the TLC match. This was a very good match. Uh, very good match. We also called something in this match about the money in the, the bank cash in, getting yes. cashed in. Um, what did you think of how they worked it out? Drew shouldn't have won. Drew shouldn't have won? Drew shouldn't have won. I believe that too. I think it was. I really didn't want Drew to win. I don't think either of us wanted. Yeah, because you called for AJ too, right? Yeah. And then once I seen Miz come out and cash it, and I kind of switched up, and I. Wanted, I called for AJ or Miz. Yeah, I wanted, I just called for Drew not to keep the belt entirely. Oh yeah, you definitely are right because you did call for that. Um, it was just it was a good match though. I liked it. Um, other than that, I'm just more upset that McIntyre won. What does he do now? Is he doing anything? Is it just uh, feud with AJ one more time? That's basically what they're doing. Because I, re- I really it's feel like... It's just Drew I, and his boys against AJ. I think the second title run is not as good as the first. It's not. It really You didn't is. need to keep the bet on him. No. You You've really. exhausted his options. Yeah, I think now he's, he's peacekeeper between Keith Lee and Sheamus. I think which what, I guess is the lead into him versus Sheamus, but weak leading. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like unless you're gonna have him fight 
Sheamus at the Rumble or have him fight Sheamus at Mania. That's what they should have done. They should have had AJ. They should have had AJ win the belt. Have or Sheamus, Miz win the belt. Have Sheamus uh, screw over McIntyre. No, they should have had Sheamus and him McIntyre be buddy buddy until the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And then you should have had one of them turn on each other. And that starts a three-month feud make a tag to WrestleMania. Run. Have a tag title run. Somebody gets either Claymore or Broke Kick by accident, and then someone gets offensive by it. And... Exactly. They should have had them go on a tag run, win the tag titles, lose them either before or after the Rumble. Oh, I wouldn't. One have, of them turns on each other. I wouldn't have even had them win the tag titles. I just would have Just had, go on a tag run together? Yeah, just like have them take a short tag run. Mm-hmm. Challenge for the tag titles at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Sheamus, or not Sheamus. Let's say McIntyre broke. No, yeah. Let's say McIntyre Claymore Sheamus by accident. Yeah. And then Sheamus thinks it wasn't an accident. Sheamus broke kicks him, and then that's how they take their feud to Mania. I would like that. I would like them to lose it in the match by mm-hmm. accidental Claymore. Yeah. Them. Talk about it before the Rumble. Because that doesn't... And then in the Rumble, Sheamus get him back to eliminate him, and then it just push into a thing. Yeah, because then that won't make him the bad... That won't make Sheamus the... uh, Or that won't make McIntyre the The bad bad guy. guy. Yeah, I like that. Um, But, you know, it's all gone now. Now they gotta figure out what the fuck they're gonna do about it. Because now you gotta start a feud between three people that's about two people. Mm -hmm. Because you kept a title on somebody that you shouldn't have kept it that long. Maybe they're doing that in a way because they said Keith Lee was going back to developmental. Like, he was going back to the Performance Center for a little mm. bit. So what if Sheamus takes him out and that's his way of going off, back to the PC TV. for a bit? Yeah. I, I mean, so. not, a, not a bad idea, but, you know, it, it's still, there's a better way to do it. Yeah, and what's the deal with keep putting people with AJ? <laughs> let it go. Like, let, let, let leave, it, leave AJ. Let it go. <laughs> He can stand on his own. Maybe like, they're trying to go. make AJ like, Sean, and maybe they're trying to make uh, this guy Diesel. Like, let it go, man. No, no, but but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with AJ having one really big guy behind him mm-hmm. because it's, it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Yeah. The little guy is the one with all the talent, but just in case you don't take him seriously, there's a seven-foot guy behind me that'll kick your ass. Yeah. I dig it. But putting him with Miz and Morrison also is, like, too much. Mm-hmm. Like, why? He don't need them. Yeah. He's better than both of them. He don't need those guys. Mm-hmm. Why do y'all attach them to him? Like, what? why? Yeah, it's, it, it's unneeded. Def, it's definitely uh, definitely not needed at all. Especially when all three of them really could stand on their own. Mm-hmm. You really only put Morris in there because you had no writing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, Miz was good on his own. So the, And Miz has lackeys. That's Miz's whole thing. I'm better than everyone else. I don't need to be behind somebody. Yeah. People get behind me. Like, I don't... Now yeah. I'm behind AJ, and I'm apologizing to AJ for my fuck-up. Like, what? <laughs> Why? Who did... Miz this, doesn't apologize. Like, yeah, this, is, like this, this was not something that... If uh, anything, Miz blames you. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's... I don't know. Yeah, don't th- know. this was not something that we needed. Um... Alright, so we got the Raw Legends show coming up. I just want to touch on this real quick. Yeah. January 4th is when it happens. Is there any Legends that you're excited to see? One in particular. Is it the same as me? Absolutely. Alright, uh, so there's a couple Legends that are coming back. Obviously, you got 
your you know your usuals, your Kurt Angles, your Mark Henrys, great, your Molly Hollies, fun, your uh, Tory Wilson's gonna be back, Candace Michelle, Ron Simmons, yes, Boogeyman comes back for every damn thing. Um, the Boogeyman. Uh, there there's a certain someone that we're not gonna mention that's coming back because. Fuck that guy. Let me tell you something, brother. We really don't want to do that. Fuck that guy. Um, but there is someone that is really intriguing. Yes. Carlito's coming back. Carlito. Like I was, I was surprised to see this. Making Car- it cool, baby. Carly hasn't been on TV in ten years. I spit in the face. It's been ten years since we've seen Carlito on. Yes. TV. Are they gonna bring back Epicone? <laughs> For God's sakes, no. Let's just get Carlito. Primo, Epico, and Carlito, the colognes. The real colognes. Actually, no. I think he was on... I feel like him with a faction behind him would be badass. I think he was there once since he left, and that was for... To uh, induct his dad. His, induct his dad. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think he's been on regular programming in 10 years. No, he's been wrestling in... Uh, what do they call him? What did he call him? Uh, um... Uh, he, he, he's been wrestling halls. Uh, bingo halls and bingo halls yeah, yeah but no nah, he wrestled in his dad's promotion for a little bit too mm. uh, I watched the interview he did once I seen he was coming back interview he did like six seven months ago he still looks good yeah like he, I'm he, sure he still looks pretty big like he he looks like himself his hair his hair looks a little different but he still has the afro it's a thing with him shouting people like MVP like these these people we loved from long ago that were really talented, they haven't lost a step. It's just the companies just don't want them for whatever reason. Yeah, then that's re- that's really the um, what it comes down. So I'm down glad to. we got MVP back. I'm glad we got Shouting back. But Carlito, Carlito, and and you know another one, mm-hmm. Ken Anderson. Oh yeah, um, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he, he, would be, great he, he would be Kennedy if he came back here. Yeah, he would be Kennedy if he came back to us. Honestly, yeah, bring, bring Kennedy There's back. certain people that we just loved as a character mm-hmm. that did such great in-ring work that we don't give enough credit to. And those are the people we want back the most. Uh-huh. Like Shelton Benjamin, like MVP. These are the people that put in work back then that Evan, really I like deserve Evan Bourne, a spotlight too. now. I like Evan Bourne, too. Yeah, yeah. But he, he but he's Matt Sidow Yeah, he, he's Sidow in AEW, yeah. Yeah. But there's, there was a lot of people. Um, but I would love to see Carlito back. And it's funny because his brothers or his cousins were really nothing without him. Yeah. Like, Carlito and Epico were really good because it was Carlito mm-hmm. and Epico. Yeah. Primo and Epico would have been great if they had Carlito. Yeah. Carlito was aesthetically like the whole gimmick. When mm-hmm. he left, they were just like, well, we don't want you to. We wanted Carlito. Yeah. What do we care about Primo and Epico for? Give us Carlito back. Crazy. So, I mean, Carlito coming back officially would be great, but I feel like he's just probably just there for an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he seemed very content with where he was on the indies anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. But he also did say that... um. He would be open to going back. It's just the ball would be in, the ball's in their court pretty much. Mm. If they wanted him back, he would come back. And for God's sakes, I I want you I want back. Him back. I want them to want him back. Bring I want him them back, to want please. him back bad. Like, yeah. Tell Primo and Epico get off your couch, come back. 
<laughs> Carlito's coming, and we've got some actual writing for you. Uh huh. For real. You're gonna follow this guy around because that <laughs> that would be exactly what we need. <laughs> That's what we need. It's a great for it'd be great for the mid card division. Mm hmm. It'd be great for the tag team division. Yeah. And it'd be great for Primo and Epico's morale because I'm Absolutely. so sure they're like Zack Ryder at this point and just waiting to leave. Yeah, for real. Because I'll tell you what, you those are two people you don't want to fuck up on. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because Zack Ryder is great as Matt Cardona somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Hawkins is great as Kurt Hawkins somewhere else. Yeah. But... Primo and Epico legacies, they're built for AEW. <laughs> legacies are built for AEW. Yeah. So you leave them and you let them out of their contracts, they're going to be 10, 15 times the guys they are here. Because AEW is owned by a legacy who knows how to book legacies. So, uh, I mean, just like, don't want to do that. Just like he says, wrestling has more than one royal family. family. I mean, it's in the pudding as it is. Like, fuck around and let all the legacies go to AEW because they already got Pullman, they already got the guns, they already got the roads. Like, don't fuck up with the primos. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Don't fuck up with the primos. Don't do it. They they bought they bought to get Fatu too, man. Shit, they, right. they about, to and they about to get into the Samoans. Uh huh. Like, they said, "Don't let, let us happen. tap into these Samoans." It'll be, be a, it'll be a bad day for you when they fuck around and turn up tag team champions. Yo, imagine <laughs> this: Kenny's walking around as the belt collector, right? He's got the gauntlet with all the belts. Tony Khan is the legacy collector. He's walking around collecting all <laughs> the family legacies. Tony Khan is just going, "I am inevitable." <laughs> Tony Khan being the Thanos of family wrestling. <laughs> All right, so I, I just got I just got a couple more things. Um, this one this one can be quick. Uh, who is your best male star in WWE for twenty twenty? Um, you know what? Just so it's different from yours. Okay. Uh, my favorite best male WWE. a tough one when you gotta pick somebody different yeah 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 i'm gonna go with i was gonna say if you can't pick you can take who i was gonna say and i got somebody else no i i got i got somebody else i'm just wondering if there's anybody else before i say his name um even i don't i don't think there's anybody else all right, man. So, uh, Dominic you? Mysterio. Oh God, he's he's he was your superstar of twenty twenty. He's my, he's my super. He's my breakout superstar of twenty twenty. Oh, he. Oh, you did a. Oh, you took breakout. I'm gonna do star. breakout okay. because doing best is just too obvious. Yeah. All so right. to break away from the obvious choice, I'm gonna say breakout star Dominic Mysterio, because there's only been two really big storylines this year for me, and he, he was, was in the other one. Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, since since you did something different and you did uh, you did a breakout star, we both know who the uh, the superstar of the year was for mm-hmm. WWE, right? We both Absolutely. know it was Roman. Absolutely. So, I'll probably stole the fucking year. I'll say stole that year from Drew McIntyre. Let me see. Can I do? Can I do an underrated superstar of the year? Okay. 
I'll do an underrated superstar of the year. And my underrated superstar of the year didn't wrestle that much. MVP. Mm. Because he wrestled a little bit, but he also had more storyline stuff with the Hurt Business. And he has created a very dominant yeah, he, faction. He created a dominant faction, and he finished off the year right by getting his entire faction gold. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, and he was literally the brains of that operation. So I'll say an underrated superstar of the year for me was MVP. And because we both know the actual superstar mm-hmm. of the year was Roman. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, we might have a different pick for this. Damn, MVP is really good. Yeah, that's a really good pick. So we really might have a different pick for this one, but we can. I think we can do this one. Female superstar of the year. I think we might have a different pick for this one, so it doesn't matter who we say. From WWE? Yeah. There's so little options. Um, but that's, that's the thing, too. There's so few options, but I still feel like we're going to have a different pick. Bailey. Hmm. Bailey. Bailey. All right, we didn't have a different pick. <laughs> it's, it's, we didn't have a different pick. I, 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 I'll ask. It's the only logical. Well, option. Sasha had a great twenty twenty two. Yeah, but so did Oscar, kind of because it was given to her. They rested on the shoulders of three of them. So, it but could, whose shoulder was it on all fucking year? It could have been four, but you know, the man had to go get pregnant. Ruined it for him. All right, so how about this then? I, I can't even ask Breakout Star because I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same person for Breakout Star. Um, For female Breakout Star? I feel like we're both going to say Bianca. I was going to say Bianca. All I was right. going to say Bianca, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll go on a different approach and not because, you know, I got a crush on her, but because she finally got a match at WrestleMania. I'll say Liv. Just because Liv got the singles match at WrestleMania finally this year. Oh. Yeah, she did. So I'll say Liv. She did good in the Women's good Royal Rumble. She yeah. got the she got the singles match at Mania. She had a little bit of a push because of uh, you know everybody leaving. So they, they kind of mm-hmm. pushed her a little bit. Yeah. And then they put her back in a tag team and fucked it up at the end. But yeah, so obviously it's Bianca for Breakout Star of the Year. But just to be different, I'll throw Liv in there as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's pretty much it. Uh, but before we log off, we're not going to do shout outs this time around. Instead, uh, like we said in the beginning, a lot of wrestlers passed away this year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, the COVID era has definitely been a pain in the ass and definitely been one to forget. But we're definitely not going to forget those those uh, superstars who passed away this year. And uh, with that being said, we're just going to run down some of the names of those who passed and offer our condolences to their families. Uh, Shad Gaspard, Soul Man Rocky Johnson, Kamala, Road Warrior Animal, Pat Patterson, La Parka, mm. Tommy Lister, also known as Zeus, and Luke Harper. Mm. 2020 has definitely not been a great year for the world of wrestling, but 2021 is looking brighter and brighter, and hopefully we have us a great 2021 when it comes to wrestling. 
Um, with that being said, guys, thank you for joining us for our last pod of 2020. Uh, it's been fun doing these pods. We're glad that you guys listen to them. We're glad that you guys are having fun because we're having fun doing them for you. Uh, Stevie, you got anything you want to say, man? Um, it's just been a fun year starting this. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it's for many more years to come. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for listening every week. Thank you guys for going out and finding us, um, supporting us on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, tuning into the lives, you know, just um, thank you guys. Um, if you're a new listener, thank you for checking us out for the first time. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. And we got nothing but more stuff coming for you guys. Thank you for all the support, man. Definitely, guys. So have a great rest of the year 2020 hope you have an amazing 2021 and as always stay blessed and stay Stay dangerous dangerous. love y'all